Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. The podcast world is growing bigger every day, and Himalaya wants to help you navigate it. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future faves. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free, it's the easiest to use, and we're adding cool new features every day. Go to your app store, download Himalaya, that's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, and don't forget to follow the Killer Instincts podcast one you're there. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah Brimer. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. So for today's case, you guys, we are diving into a whirlwind of a case, to say the least. If you are in any way familiar with this case, because it is a little bit popular, um, you know that we are about to really get into it with this one. I had asked you guys on Instagram, I had ran a poll on Instagram, which if you do not follow me on Instagram, you should. I post a lot about this podcast on there when I'm talking about your opinions or your theories. Um, so definitely go follow me on there. It's just at Savannah Brimer. And I asked you guys on an Instagram poll if you guys wanted to see an unsolved case or a solved case for this week's episode. And the majority of you said a solved case. So that is when I decided to go ahead and choose this case to cover this week. It's been sitting in my files for a long time now, so I wanted to talk about it. So today we are talking about the case of Diane Downs, and Diane Downs was a woman who murdered her three children on the night of May 18th. Diane Downs, if you are unfamiliar with who she is, she is a woman who has been convicted of murdering her three children on the night of May 19th, 1983. So the case of Diane Downs and her three children is pretty well known, um, and a lot of people have a lot of differing opinions about this case, which is what I really think is very interesting about it. And a lot of people have differing opinions as far as how the media handled this case, which we'll get into in a minute, as well as Diane's motives and her mental state. Anyone who knew Diane always described her as a pathological liar who used the media to fulfill her need of constant attention, and she also had a path of promiscuity and being promiscuous, which I will dive into all of that, so let's just get right on into it. Diane Downs was actually born as Elizabeth Diane Downs, so Diane is her middle name and that is what she went by. Diane was born on August 7th of 1955 in Phoenix, Arizona. She graduated high school from Moon Valley High School in Phoenix, and she attended Coast Baptist Bible College in Orange, California, but she ended up getting kicked out of the school because of her promiscuous behavior, which if you think about it now, I don't know if that would be a valid reason to kick someone out of school, but this was a different time and it was a religious school, so I guess they had some pretty strict rules, and after being expelled from school, she ended up moving back to Phoenix with her parents. 
1973, November 13th, 1973 to be exact, Diane ended up marrying her high school sweetheart who was named Steve Downs. And the two of them ended up having three kids together. They had Christy Ann, who was the eldest daughter, and then Cheryl Lynn and Stephen Daniel, who also went by the name Danny. Danny, though, the youngest child, was actually suspected to not be Steve Downs's child, but he was actually suspected to be a love child as a result of an affair that Diane had when Steve was away on a business trip. And Steve and Diane ended up getting a divorce in 1980. And this kind of segues us in to the next segment I want to talk about, which is Diane's behavior. So it was clear to a lot of people from the get-go that Diane was all about herself. All she cared about was herself, and she had a very narcissistic behavior, and psychiatrists during her trial actually diagnosed her with being narcissistic as well as having histrionic personality disorder and having antisocial personality disorder. So if you don't know what histrionic personality disorder is, which I didn't either, um, but if you don't know what it is, it's basically someone who uses seduction and sex for attention in order to fill some sort of void that they need approval for others and kind of use sex as their weapon I guess in a sense to manipulate people and to get what they want and it's very different from you know having a breakup and needing to fill some void and going out to a bar and having a one-night stand like this is a very different type of thing that we are talking about here this is an actual disorder and Diane was diagnosed with this disorder people with histrionic personality disorder which is also abbreviated to HP are attention seekers that exhibit, you know, manipulative behaviors in order to achieve their own needs and personal goals, which, you know, being so self-centered and only caring about your own needs and personal goals really ties into the narcissism that Diane was also diagnosed with. And what's crazy is that two out of three people who are diagnosed with HPD are also meeting the criteria for having antisocial personality disorder. And Diane was part of that statistic. So along with being diagnosed with being narcissistic as well as having HPD, Diane also was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder. And looking at Diane and kind of studying her behavior, it makes a lot of sense. And you can kind of see that she fell right into the category, obviously, of someone who had HPD. And Diane also claimed to have a lot of daddy issues. She said that her father was extremely abusive to her as a child, but then she kind of like recanted that statement a lot. So she would go back and forth with saying that her father was really abusive to her, but then she would kind of recant that by saying he wasn't that bad. And then she would say that she never really had a healthy relationship because all the people that she was with were abusive to her. So she very much had a rocky path when it came to relationships with men. She would constantly cheat on the men that she was with, and when she did, she showed zero remorse or regret or any emotion whatsoever. Um, and she almost wouldn't really even be able to understand why the men that she was with would be upset at the fact that she was cheating on them. It wasn't even a thought that crossed her mind. She just would like not understand why they were upset and would kind of just move on with her life. So during my research with all this, I watched a interview with a psychiatrist named Barbara Ziv, who was talking about sociopaths and linking what a sociopath is to Diane Downs's behavior. And I thought the way she described it was pretty crazy or not crazy, but it definitely made a lot of sense. So I'm going to share it with you. 
So Barbara Ziv said that Diane Downs 100% has sociopathic tendencies. I mean, obviously, if you're able to murder your three children or attempt to murder your three children, um, you clearly have some screw loose. Um, but Barbara said that she does have sociopathic tendencies and behaviors, and she's unable to make the distinction of things that are right and wrong. So Diane Downs doesn't understand the difference between, and this is what the example that the psychiatrist used, she said Diane won't understand the difference between murder or stealing something or kicking something in the middle of the street. Meaning that for Diane, it's all blended together. Not one is better than the other. It kind of is all blended together. And obviously, I mean, none of those things are good, but murder is way worse than kicking someone in the street. I mean, I, none of them are good, but, you know, it's definitely something where it's just kind of like it's for her. It doesn't make sense in her mind. She can't make that distinction and her manipulation and her lying and her cheating and what we're about to get into a second, the murders that she did in her mind, there isn't one that's better or worse than the other. In her mind, they're all the same level of tactics that she used to get whatever she wanted. So I know I just gave you a lot of information and backstories and things like that without us even getting in to the actual murder, but I thought that that was important because in order to fully understand who Diane was as a person, who we're talking about and who we're dealing with, I think it's important to know where her mental state was at because what I'm about to tell you is completely just in insanity, straight up insanity, and you definitely are going to want to have a sense of what her mindset was, even though it doesn't justify it at all whatsoever um it definitely i think is important to know the backstory of who diane downs is so now let's move forward with the night of the shootings so i'm going to be telling you this story from the way diane recalls it what diane says happens then we'll dive into what authorities say and witnesses and everything else later so this all happened on the night of may 19th 1983 so Diane at this point was living with her three children in Springfield, Oregon. She was a single mom and she was 27 years old and she was working as a postal worker. So according to Diane, her and her three kids were driving home on this particular night from a friend's house. And she said that she took this back road that she never usually takes. And she didn't really have a solid explanation as to why she completely like derooted from her normal way home. She just said that her and her kids like to just kind of take these abandoned roads sometimes, but her kids were asleep in the back of the car. So that explanation really doesn't make any sense in my mind. And Diane said that while she was driving, down this road there was a bushy haired man is how she described him and according to her this man kind of waved her down waved her car down and according to diane she stopped on the side of the road and this is where people question her a lot because obviously if you're stopping on the side of the road for a strange man and your three young kids are in the back of the car it's questionable to begin with because you want to maintain the safety of your children, obviously, first and foremost. So why are you putting them in potential risk? But anyways, um, a lot of people had the most concern with the fact that Diane said that when she pulled over to the side of the road, she stopped the car, took the keys out of the car and got out of the car herself. So according to Diane now, she is standing outside of the car with this man while her three young children were sleeping in the car. 
And to give you their ages, Christy, when this all happened, was born in 1974, so she was nine years old. Cheryl was born in 1976, and so when this all occurred, she was seven years old. Stephen was born in 1979, so he was only four years old, which is absolutely insane, you guys. And so Diane says that she is now standing outside of the car with this random strange man that has waved her down on the side of the road, and her three kids are sleeping in the back of the car. She is now talking to this man who tells her that he is going to take her car car and diane's direct response to this was you must be kidding weird response in general but anyways um diane said at this point the man pulled a gun out pushed diane to the side and shot all three kids in the back of her car before shooting diane in her arm Diane said at this point she was so distraught, so she took her car keys and pretended to throw them. She didn't actually throw them. She just kind of like faked through them into the bush to make this bushy haired man think that her keys were in the bushes and to go away. Diane said this made the man kind of go back into the bushes, which is when she hopped in her car and sped like lightning all the way to the hospital. She said she drove as fast as she could until she showed up to the Mackenzie Williamette Hospital. Unfortunately, Cheryl, the middle child, did not survive this shooting. Cheryl ended up passing away when arriving to the hospital. Danny, who was the youngest, the son, ended up being paralyzed from the waist down, and Christy, the eldest daughter, suffered from a stroke. And what's so crazy is while Christy was in the hospital, Diane came into Christy's room to see her, and Christy's blood pressure level spiked, like literally so high, skyrocketing and shooting through the roof because she was so so petrified of her own mother and diane walked into the room and told the nurses she's probably brain dead so you should just pull the plug anyways could you imagine saying that when your daughter is like alive when she obviously has suffered from awful injuries and is going to have to go through a lot to recover but to tell the nurses we should pull the plug when she's alive like she is alive and has a fighting shot and thank god that they didn't because she ended up surviving to tell the nurses, let's just pull the plug on her anyways. Like, I just, I can't even believe that. So authorities got a hold of this case and were rushed to the hospital and they ended up interviewing Diane. And from the get-go, authorities say that Diane's behavior was very odd and had some major inconsistencies. The first inconsistency that Diane did not expect coming when it came to her side of the story was there was actually a witness who was driving behind Diane's car while she was driving to the hospital. And if you remember what I just described, Diane said that she sped as fast as she could to this hospital to save her children. And what this driver describes when hearing about... And what this driver, this witness says, who I'm sure heard about this case on the news or through a certain outlet and ended up calling the authorities to tell his side of what happened because they gave out her car description. This witness called in and said he was actually behind Diane when she was driving to the hospital, unknowing what had just happened, but he was behind Diane and his speedometer, his own speedometer wasn't even passing 10 miles an hour because her car was moving so slowly. Like I said, obviously this person didn't know that Diane was in the car with her three gun... 
Obviously, this man didn't know that Diane was in the car with her kids who she had just shot, but it honestly gives me so many chills about that. But honestly, you guys, that car ride gives me so many chills because just think about it. Like Diane had just shot all three of her kids and was slowly driving to the hospital just so the gunshots could dig in a little bit deeper and they would have a less of a chance of a survival. That just gives me so many chills, makes me so upset and so frustrated, but honestly is I think so eerie and just oh i don't like it another thing that caught a lot of people off guard is that when diane arrived at the hospital she had already kind of patched herself up like i said she had a gunshot wound to her left arm and she had already kind of put a towel over it was kind of carrying it a certain way she had already kind of attended to herself and a lot of people had a problem with that because if you think about it your three kids have just been fatally shot yes she was shot as well but diane's injury was to a much less severity than what her kids were suffering with her kids were shot in the face in the neck in their chest like obviously their injuries are a lot more life-threatening than diane's gunshot to her arm diane defended herself by saying that you know she needed to attend to herself before she could take care of her kids she thought that if she covered her own injury up then the, her kids would have a better survival rate and when i was reading that it kind of just made me think of you know when you're on an airplane and they say like oh put your own oxygen mask on in case of an emergency before anyone else or before you help assist anyone i mean that's just kind of what her logic was in that and i do not really agree with it whatsoever like she had like wrapped this thing up you guys like she had definitely taken care of herself clearly in a much bigger way than she had her children a lot of people thought that Diane's story, the whole thing, was just complete BS. No one was believing it. No one was buying it. Everyone thought there were way too many inconsistencies and just it didn't look right. None of it looked right. But what was very clear from the get-go is that Diane literally had an answer to every single question, every single doubt, every single complaint, every single anything. Diane had a quick, quick snapback question to kind of, to kind of push her out of the suspect lineup. So let's go back to Diane's story and series of events for a second that she says happened. And I don't care. This is what just blew my mind when I was reading into this. I don't care who you are. I know that I do not know one person who would stop on the side of the road that no cars are on late at night for some random bushy haired man who is flagging your car down, especially when you have three young kids in the car. I know I touched on that earlier, but I can't get that out of my head. She literally thought it was a good idea or says thought that this would be believable like thought that stopping on the side of the road for a random ass man would be smart if you're gonna do anything like if you're gonna stop for a random stranger for anything like why did you have to take the keys out of the ignition why did you have to get out of the car why not just roll the window down why not just kind of slow down a little bit like what made you think that getting out of the car was the best case scenario in that Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power 
power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. All right, you guys, welcome back. Let's talk about Diane's gunshot wound for a second, the one that she had on her left arm, because this, I think, was probably one of the biggest pieces of evidence in this. And I'm going to try to explain this as clearly as I can, but when you have a gunshot wound, there is an enter wound and an exit wound. I think that's how it's pronounced or how it's the, I think that's the correct terminology. I'm not quite sure, but you have the spot where the bullet enters and you have the spot where the bullet exits if it's going through and through. How Diane was explaining her story was she was trying to defend herself. So this man shot her when she put her left arm up. So Diane was claiming that this was a defensive wound, that she was trying to defend herself with her arm, which is why she got shot. And if Diane's story were to match up, it would be that the entrance wound would be on the outside of her arm, not on the inside. It would be on the outside of her left arm. The enter wound, though, was actually on the inside of Diane's left arm, and the exit wound was on the outside of her arm, so almost like she was shooting herself. Because unless she literally twisted her arm kind of double-jointedly um, to defend herself, there's no way that the bullet would have entered through the inside of her arm like it did. So to me, I think that was a huge, huge, huge red flag, and I know a lot of people also thought the same thing. Let's talk about a new man who comes into the picture here, though. This man's name is Robert Knickerbocker. That last name is a name for sure. But Robert is someone who gets introduced in this case right when the police end up arriving to the hospital. Because right when the police ended up arriving to the hospital and speaking to Diane, all Diane really cared about was talking to this one specific man named Robert Knickerbocker. Robert was a postal worker who lived in Arizona and who was engaged. And he did have an affair with Diane at one point earlier in his relationship. Um, so he did cheat on his wife. But when Diane moved to Oregon, Robert said that he kind of felt this sense of relief because, you know, he felt like he can finally get back to focusing on his life with his wife and making his marriage right and all of those things. And Robert wasn't someone who really wanted children in the future. He never really wanted to deal with kids, never wanted to have them. And Diane was desperately trying to convince Robert to come from Arizona to Oregon, to move out to Oregon to live with her. And what's so crazy is when Robert was interviewed, he actually said that Diane was making advancements and kind of saying things that would make you believe that she wanted to kill his wife, that she would murder his wife if that meant that the two of them got to be together. And when Robert told the authorities those things, it kind of made a lot of sense what was going on here because police kind of came up with this theory that Diane was convinced in her mind that if her kids weren't in the picture, then her and Robert could be together and he would move out to Oregon. They'd live happily ever after the whole nine. But was she like, that just doesn't make any sense. Like from a normal minded person, like that makes no sense. I'm not sure how that train of thought made sense to her or how she got there in her mind but police were almost certain that that is what the whole reasoning behind all of this was and how and what her motive would have been because now they have a motive like the motive now is she wanted to be with robert robert didn't want kids she took her kids out of the picture or at least she tried to take all of her kids out of the picture she 
So the media coverage on Diane pretty much skyrocketed immediately, and she lived for the media attention. There are countless interviews upon interviews upon interviews of this woman talking to the media outlets. You can look it up on YouTube. They are everywhere, and I think you will be very just disturbed because the one thing that all of these interviews have in common is Diane's presence and her demeanor and her tone of voice when describing the murders of her children or the murder of one of her children and the attempted murder of the other two is so disturbing. She is completely monotoned, completely lacks any emotion, and she is just so cold when talking about this. And it was a very huge red flag to authorities and to a lot of people that she would be so willing and it would be so easy for her to talk about her children's murders like this. Like it was literally nothing. Like she's naming her grocery list is how she was talking about her kids' murders. And in the interviews that she would do, it was very apparent that she was painting herself as the hero in each one. She would be like, oh, well, I couldn't tie my shoe and I couldn't do this because they had just been shot. So I waited and I drove to the hospital, even though my shoe was untied. Like, okay, and like, I don't, I don't get it. But there was that part of it. And then moving on to her gunshot wound, it was like, I tried to get mine a little bit under control, but they were the main priority. And I knew that I had to save mine before saving theirs because I needed to be alive for them and I needed to be strong for them. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm sorry. It just makes no sense. Another point that I want to throw out there that I found very interesting because I was listening to um, this case being discussed on YouTube and someone brought up a very interesting point and that point was clearly Diane knew enough and was able to lie to the police about the story of what happened and was able to lie to everyone about what had happened to her kids, you know, making up this whole story about this man shooting her kids, blah, 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 whatever. Um, She was able to lie about that. And she was able to lie about that fairly well, because at that point, you guys, there's still some people to this day and back then who believe Diane Downs and believe that she's innocent, believe her story. But she wasn't able, and this is the point that I'm trying to get to, she wasn't able to kind of display her emotions. She wasn't able to live out her lies. She was telling these lies, but they weren't very believable if you really dive deep into her behavior when talking about this. You know, she says that she tried to help her kids and she makes up all of these excuses but if you really look into it she shows no emotion no remorse no nothing for her kids that she's saying she's distraught because she can't move on without them the whole thing is just very bizarre Like there are literally videos of Diane reenacting the night of the murder and she's going through the motions and things like that. And she's just laughing like she's laughing through it. And like this is not this is not one of those cases where it's like everyone mourns differently. This isn't one of those cases where it's like everyone deals with grief in a different way. It's like that's not what this is. Like this is clearly someone who is so mentally gone that they thought that the best case scenario to get what they wanted was to get rid of her own children in the most horrendous way possible. So there was also no forensic evidence to match up with Diane's story of what happened that night. Not only was there absolutely no blood splatter on the driver's side of the car at all, there was also no gunpowder residue on the driver's side door on the interior door panel of the car. 
And because of all of the evidence kind of going against Diane in this case, Diane Downs was arrested on February 28th, 1984. So this happened in 1983. She was arrested in 1984, about nine months after the shooting for one count of murder and two counts of attempted murder and criminal assault. So you might think, okay, she's arrested. Great. It dies down now. So you might think, okay, great. She's arrested. Everything is calm. You know, go through the trial. Everything, she'll get justice, all of that. This case, you guys, does not die down. It just gets weirder. So during the trial against Diane Downs, it actually comes out that she is pregnant, which I cannot think of anything more terrifying ever than this woman having the opportunity to have another child. Oprah actually did an interview with her while she was in jail and asks her why she became pregnant. You know, like, why did you decide to do this to yourself? And she says that she decided to become pregnant, which mind you, she's on trial for the murder of her children. She says that she decided to do it because she was extremely lonely and she missed her children so much and she was lonely beyond belief and beyond... She was so lonely, quote unquote, beyond belief and beyond explanation. So she literally said that on October 13th, she was so lonely that she decided to just go get pregnant. I have no idea who got her pregnant. I have no idea who this child's father is, but I think it is so telling that her saying, you know, I was lonely. Like I was so lonely. First of all, once you have the child, it's not going to stay with you in jail. So there's your first thing. Second of all, okay, yeah, you're lonely, but that just ties so much into the narcissism that this woman has and the narcissistic behavior that she has. Like, okay, she's lonely, like she's suffering. So she needs a child, even though she just tried to murder her other three. Like it is like, ugh, I don't know. It drives me insane. It all comes back to her, all comes down to her and her feelings. Like she doesn't have the ability to be like, oh, you know, I probably shouldn't have a child because they're probably not going to have the best life. I'm not going to be able to be there for them. So I probably should probably not the best timing, you know? So let's dive in to the trial. So this trial lasted about six weeks and the biggest push in this trial against Diane Downs was the fact that Diane's daughter, Christy Downs, her oldest daughter that survived the shooting actually took the stand to testify against Diane, which is huge. You guys, this, I think personally made the defense's case. Having Christy testify was huge. It definitely, in my opinion, was the key for the prosecution to win this case against Diane. Christy was only nine years old at the time, so you can imagine the pressure that she was under to take the stand and testify against her own mother. Christy was actually in the car that night. So Christy was really the only other person besides Diane who could say what actually happened. And when Christy got on the stand, they... And when Christy got on the stand, she was asked the simple and straightforward question, which was, who shot you the night of the shooting, essentially? And she pointed to her mother and said, my mom. Christy described the night of the shooting and how Diane pulled over to the side of the road and shot her and her two siblings before shooting herself in the arm. So the gun... The gun that was used as the murder weapon on the kids as well as Diane was actually never recovered. And Diane had failed to mention to the police that she actually owned a 22 caliber handgun. But according to Steve Downs, as well as Robert Knickerbocker, the 
they both told the police that she did own a gun and that she purchased this gun in Arizona. And when the police searched Diane's home, they found the unfired casings with extractor markings from the same exact gun that shot her children. The prosecutors on the trial argued that Diane shot her children to be free of them and to be able to go on and live a life with Robert Knickerbocker because he didn't want kids and so she was willing to give up her own for him. And during the trial, a lot of truth came forward about who Diane was as a mother before the shootings. And Cheryl, the eldest daughter who passed away, unfortunately, from the shooting, had actually told a friend about a week earlier that she was afraid of her mother. And Diane being able to murder her children, you could just imagine her mind state with them just on a day to day. Like if she's able to murder her kids, how was she just how how was she treating them before that? You know, it just really is unsettling. On June 17th, 1984, Diane Downs was convicted on all charges and sentenced to life in prison plus 50 years. She she was first eligible for parole in 2009-2010 and throughout all of this, Diane has still tried to convince people that she is innocent and that she didn't make up her story and that she's telling the truth and I just think that's so crazy. It's like you're in there for life in prison plus 50 years. Like why are you lying? So Diane was obviously denied parole in 2009-2010 but she is eligible to apply but she is eligible to apply for parole again in 2020 when she will be 65 years old. And when I was doing my research, I was like, oh, 2020. Okay, like that's still a couple years out. And then I looked at the freaking calendar and was like, oh my God, that is literally next year. And so I think it's crazy how she could possibly be up for parole within the year. I will say though, as well as I think a lot of people can agree with me on this, there is probably zero chance that this woman will ever get out of prison, rightfully so. Not too long after Diane's conviction in 1984, her youngest daughter was born behind bars in prison and her daughter and this woman now goes by the name of Becky Babcock and Becky did an interview with Oprah and talked about Diane and all of that and talked about how Diane wrote her letters for a period of time and told Becky that she had people watching her who were trying to kill her, which obviously is so unsettling. And Diane also told Becky that Diane was married to some government official person and every time she would write a letter to Becky, she would sign it, love mom and dad and how much she missed her. And she would always talk about how much she missed her and it's just it's very unsettling the whole thing is unsettling i thought this was pretty crazy too so on july 11th 1987 diane actually escaped from prison for about 10 days before she was found within like 10 miles of the prison so she didn't go very far but she was found and put back into prison so like I said, Diane has still maintained her innocence through all of this, and there are still people who believe her. They believe that she didn't do this. They believe that she was just kind of one of those people who were wrongly convicted. And, you know, I just think that Diane, if you're, my personal opinion, let's put that out there first. This is just my opinion. I think that Diane lived a life of manipulation and lived a life of, you know, bribing and scheming her way into getting whatever she wanted whenever she wanted it. And she was able and willing, not even able, but willing to go to the lengths of murdering her own children in order to get what she wanted. She thought killing her kids was the right way to go about having Robert in her life, like absolute insanity. Um... I think that Diane has repeatedly told this story 
over and over and over again. And I kind of believe she's believing her own BS. I believe that she has convinced herself that she is innocent, probably because she does not want to own up to what she actually did or because she just doesn't care that much. I mean, it could go either way. Um, but like I said, there's still a lot of people who think that she is innocent, but I am so curious to know what you think. Do you think she's guilty? Do you think she's innocent? Do you think she'll be eligible for parole? Do you think that she's going to spend the rest of her life behind bars? I'm very interested and intrigued to know what you guys think about this case because this one makes me so frustrated. I know what I believe. I believe that she is hands down 100% guilty and should not see another light of day, but that's just me. So as far as her other two children, if you want a little bit of a happy ending I guess you could call it in all of this Christy and Danny were actually adopted by the prosecutors in the Diane Downs case which kind of gives you a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel because these kids were finally able to live in a hopefully happy and healthy home I know that they will never be the same and they will probably never be recovered from the things that they had to witness and go through from the fall of Diane Downs but you know having that new support system and having someone there for you through that I'm sure has been a very big blessing for them and I'm just glad that there was a little bit of hope in this story for them. All right, you guys, that is it for me today. So thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Killer Instinct. Make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. There is a new episode of Killer Instinct every single week, so make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss it. Let me know your theories by reaching out to me on Instagram through my DMs because I would love to hear what you guys have to say about this. And I will talk to you guys next week. And thank you so much for listening and stay safe. <laughs>